I mean, what, what, what do you mean? What does it matter what you're doing? Well, maybe you should start, you know, can you vacuum? Could you do anything else that's loud? Please stop. Vacuuming is louder, bro. I thought you said you weren't going to run your mouth. Jesus fucking Christ. Are you serious? Hey, this is Matt Cox, and uh, we're back with with uh, Dan Wise. We're going to do a podcast on RDAP, the residential drug drug treatment program. <laughs> drug resident RDAP. R- so close. Resident uh, residential drug abuse program. We'll go with that. Okay. Jeez. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> wait a second. Oh no. I'm back. Okay. So. Here's a, so actually this is a, so I, I wrote, actually wrote a book about RDAP. <laughs> this is, and, this yeah, is this, awesome. This is gold right now. Oh, this is good because, so I did the program, like you did the RDAP program, which is a, a program in prison. You're in prison. And if you, if you have a, if you have an addiction problem, right, then the judge will recommend that you take the RDAP program. If you pass the RDAP program, you can't, you are eligible to get a year off your sentence. Certain people don't can't get them if you were convicted of a violent felony or you have a gun charge, which for some reason the Bureau of Prisons considers having being a violent crime. Like if I have a gun, if I get arrested and then they search my house that's 40 miles away and they find a gun in the closet and they charge me with a gun, then I have a violent crime. I now have a violent, I'm now like a violent criminal according to the BOP, right? If it was in the commission of a crime, if it was in the furtherance of a crime. So if like, if you got arrested for say money laundering. Okay. Well then yeah. And you had a gun, but you're, you were allowed to carry it. That wouldn't. Right. But if you were selling drugs. And they found a gun in the, in the present, the the parameters. Oh really? Oh, so uh, see, I knew guys that got charged with a gun. They got charged with a gun because they found it like in their house. And then they said, oh, you had a gun in commission of your crime. Probably because they were also had drugs or money or something. Right. They was like a drug. They were arrested for drugs, but they didn't have a gun on them. Right. They found the gun 30 miles away in their house. Right. Yeah. That would be considered a violent. Well, then it's not it, a violent it, crime. It's because there was the gun enhances. You get the two level enhancement right. for the gun. It's furtherance of a of a crime in a in a drug crime. Right. So now you can't, you can't, can't take the, pro- well, you can take the program. You, you can't, just can't get the time off. off. Right. Yeah. So anyway, when I was in County, you know, all the guys, before I saw the, 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 the PSI person, the, the probation officer, they said to me, Hey, everybody was like, look, bro, if you say that you were addicted to opiates or something, and I was like, yeah, but there's no history of that. Then I kind of, nobody's going to believe that. Like I've never done opiates. And they were like, yeah, 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 it doesn't matter, bro. It doesn't matter. Like if you just say it, then they'll, if you just say it, they'll recommend it. The, the, the probation officer will put it in the report, and then the judge will recommend you take RDAP. If you take RDAP, you get a year off. So I took the program. I actually took it twice. Um, and so I was eligible. And while I was in the program, I, you actually did the program before I did. We were in Coleman at the same time, but we didn't know each other. I actually wrote a book called The Program. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, I'm going to give you the book because, bro, if you read this, everybody that's read this that did the program, it just <laughs> dies laughing. They're like, because I do this whole thing like it's basically like a cult. It was a whole had a cult atmosphere because you're walking around scared all the time and everybody's, everybody's watching you. All the other participants are watching you. And this is, this is, this is hilarious. Yeah. Is there anything you haven't written a book on, Matt? Oh, any, listen, my whole prison experience is really well documented. 
It really is. It really is. <laughs> and look, in here, I talk about being like, the, it starts with the prologue, starts with me being in the morning meeting and everybody starts chanting, um, listen, uh, I'm committed to my treatment for the betterment of my life through the, com- <laughs> the morning creed, <laughs> through community as a method. Humbly, I present myself. I go on and I remember how the first time I heard that, like 150 guys chanting that, I, it sent what was that 150 guys? About 100 guys in there, yeah, right? Yeah, a lot of guys. Right. A lot of guys in, in a the, small in room. the big TV room. Shot, look, it, it was like electricity shot through my body. It was so fucking bizarre, you know? But anyway, so you went there, you took the program. Yep. And because you had, because you had, what, you had a drug issue, right? Marijuana. Right. Yeah, yeah. Which I didn't, you know. Consider a. Didn't a, consider a, a drug abuse problem, but. Um, <laughs> I remember saying that in the in one of the uh, not the morning meeting, but you know when you'd have your content groups and the process groups. I remember it wasn't me; it was one of the other inmates said something like, uh, "They lessened marijuana from like opioids and and man, the DTSs, the drug treatment specialists, they they basically labeled marijuana just as bad as as heroin. There there was no separating the two, which I guess for some it can be a gateway." To, right. to others. But uh, yeah, I had a, uh, a nightly marijuana problem where I would smoke weed before bed every night. And that's what gained me access into the program. But for those that are watching, the judge's recommendation to the program doesn't, doesn't guarantee it doesn't even doesn't even really help. It's, oh, really? I thought it doesn't I even really... matter. The judge could say, I'm not, I'm not even going to recommend you for this program, because I think you're a con artist, Matt right, Cox, right. as long as it's in your PSR, right, the pre sentence report, it's up to the RDAP coordinator, like at Coleman, was it Dr. Smith when you were there? Of course. Right. So it was up to Dr. Smith to make that determination. Where people fuck up, though, in that pre-sentence report is they don't mention it, but then a judge will recommend it. And if it's not in the pre-sentence report, even with the judge's recommendation, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of thought, I mean, I knew it had to be in the the PSR. That would be in the uh, revised version. No, no, I, I, I mentioned it in here. I'm like, I didn't say it wrong uh, in here. I just said that it was in the PSR, and that's how I ended up in. These are even the, you even, these are actual bracelets from, from I Coleman. stole them. I, I, had, I, see, I had, of the course guy. you did. I asked if I can have mine. So They I, wouldn't let, oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, they they I, wouldn't. I, I had to twist. No, no, they were, when I, so they were, they were taking them from, people would leave, they'd take them from They you. tried to take mine, but I went and asked Dr. Smith if there's any way I could have them. She's like, why do you want them? I was like, I mean. I had Dr. Smith's. Um, I had Dr. Smith's, um, her assistant, I had him steal them for me. I was like, bro, you got to get them for me. He's like, man, I can't, I, I, she keeps them here. Like, her assistant, on, was it an inmate assistant? Yes. Of course. Yeah. I said, come on, bro. Little teacher's yeah, pets. Of course. Um, the golden, the golden child. Yes. Yeah. He was, that was an odd situation. Like you would be, in, so. Who was it? Uh, uh, Tamayo? Were you there when Tamayo was there? Nick? Is Wait, it Nick, I don't know. He's uh, he's Hispanic. Nice yes. guy. Yeah, super he was, nice guy. He was there when I was there. Super nice guy. Yeah. So, and so anyway, the program, so basically real quick. So you go to the program, you, you're taken out of, so if Coleman's made up of, let's say what, 12, no, 16 units, 16, no, 12 units, 12 units. Well, yes. With A, B, and C. Bill, no, it's, it's A1, A2, A3, A4. Right. But so it's A, B, and C with four units to well, each one. No, no, those are housing. So you've got the housing buildings and each one has a unit in it, right. so there's, or four units. Four so you've units. got 12 units total. Right. So what happens is they take you out of the unit and they stick you in one unit, which is C2. C2. And that's the RDAP unit. So you've got like, you've got like 100 guys in that one unit. What 
are you doing? Me? Yes! Fuck all! Please stop. Please. I mean, what, what, what do you mean? What does it matter what you're doing? Maybe you should start, you know, can you vacuum? Can you do anything else that's loud? Please stop. Vacuuming <laughs> is louder, bro. Oh my God, bro. Okay. All right. So anyway, I uh, this, this. So here's what's happening. Fuck all. So basically they stick you all in a unit and they have everybody go through the morning. You go to the morning meeting. Right. And then after, which is what, an hour, two hours? It's like, like an hour hours? and a half, two yeah. hours. Yeah. So you go, th- and that's humiliating. It's a horrible yeah. experience. <laughs> and then after the morning meeting, they break you up in different groups. And content you have to ta- group. Content groups. You have to go- take different classes. Yep. And then it, it go- goes on till what? Two o'clock? Three o'clock? No, 11. At Coleman. It goes on till 11 o'clock. No, no. But then you come back. You have to come back after chat. I mean, you have to come back and do. Unless they changed it. When I was there, you'd go to your morning meeting from like seven to nine. Right. And then from your morning meeting, you'd go to your content group. Right. Which would run until about lunch. Right, and then you'd come back, and the day was over. They'd have like some. No, no they have. They always had different committees, yeah, but they weren't things you had to do. It wasn't like it was more of like I, you're talking about like yeah. the 101 groups yes. and like yeah, yeah. You know, but then so you had the one day a week. You had the you had the process group. Right, right. That was the whew, that was the rough one. So there's no escaping that. No, it was so. And then of course you have books, and then you have homework. Yep. So every night you have homework, and the homework it's like everybody would say, "Well, homework's not hard." The homework wasn't difficult. It was like it was childish, but it could be hard. It's it's designed for a seventh grade reading level, which makes it sound easy. But it's it's based on like, well, let's take you, Matt Cox, who is an intelligent individual. And then we'll take uh, somebody who's who's no education straight off of the street. The expectations are different for you than it would be for the guy that can't write his name right. The guy that can't write his name right. They literally want to see him color in the lines. Yeah. I got in so much trouble with the books because I was like, they don't read these fucking books. So in like book two or book three, I just kind of, I just bullshitted my way through it. So they came around the content group at the end and they said, uh, we're going to call your name and uh, come turn your book in, come turn your book in, right? So they did that. The next day they came back and they said, all right, we're going to give everybody the books back. So they gave everybody the books back. It's like three of us that didn't get their books back. And like, if you didn't get your book back, please stay. So I was like, what the fuck? So they called me in for a meeting. I got teamed. Remember the teams? Yeah, yeah. They teamed me. And I remember uh, Dr. Smith hands me the book. She's like, Mr. Wise. I had Dr. Smith was there, Miss Neesmith, Miss Anderson, Mister Herrera. No, what was his name? Uh, Was it um, Herrera? uh, uh, No, I'm thinking um, there was uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hernandez. yeah. Yeah. And she's like, Why do you Why do you think you're being teamed today? And Miss Neith, Miss Neesmith was my DTS, right. which she always looked out for me. She wouldn't lie for me. She just made it clear, she liked like, you. I yeah. got your back if you don't fucking lie. Right. So Dr. Smith said- And she hated most people. She hated a lot. She was bipolar. She, was, she had her yeah. favorites, and then she had people that she yep. just, they could do no right. So they rushed us through this book at the last part of it because something happened where the unit was shut down for several days. So we had to like finish- a week's worth of work in like one day. So I almost made the excuse of the reason why my book work was was less than was we had to rush, which would have been an excuse. And Miss Neatsmith says, remember, choose your answer wisely. Right. And I said, I didn't think anybody was gonna look at it. Right. I didn't really put any effort into it. And Miss Anderson's like, Miss Anderson hated me. She wanted me gone from the get. And Dr. Smith is like, 
that's about the only answer that would be acceptable. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. I almost got kicked out of that yeah. class so many fucking times, yeah. bro. And what, what happens is, what you have to understand is that <laughs> the, fucking it, right, the fear factor <laughs> is overwhelming because this is, they have, Dr. Smith has the right to knock a year off your sentence. So it's like, it, so people are, people are like, well, what's the big deal? It's just a program. No, I have to pass the program. I get a year off my sentence. Yeah. I could get an extra six months to a year of, of halfway house. So I might get six months halfway house and a year off my sentence. I, that's 18 months off of my and sentence. And I got 11 months halfway house. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. So some people Two got, years, bro. Some people would get a year. Some I got more time off my sentence than I actually served in prison. Nice. And if you think of the visual aspect of RDAP. So, yes, you can get a year off when you graduate. But they, they technically take the year off out of the gate. Yeah. It shows your, your, your release so, date yeah, changes. So you basically get in there. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it, it's like thinking about that being taken away. If anybody's ever watched any of the like survivor or any of, of those game shows, right. it's one thing to play for a hundred thousand dollars playing for a year of your life. I compare it to survivor. In here. I compare <laughs> it to survivor. Cause it's exactly like that. Right. And we had different, we had names for everybody. We had archers, we had gladiators, we yeah, had yeah. stealth people because yeah. everybody Sleeper was, agents. I think, you got, I think you got a raccoon in the house. <laughs> uh, sleeper agent. Yeah, yeah. We, we, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. The, um, gu- um, what was it? The other, uh, gunslingers, like yeah. guys, that would, guys that would literally stand up in the morning meeting and say, I want to pull up uh, Mr. So-and-so. And then the guy would stand up. They had like no clue. Yep. We'd be like, you're a gun. This dude's a gunslinger. He's yeah. just fucking bow, bow. And he's, you know, hey, I'm calling you up because, you know, yesterday, last night in the bathroom, you didn't shut off the water and you're not, you're not, I mean, it was that bad. It was that bad. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, uh, I thought I had it all fucking figured out, man. I couldn't wait to get in the program. I thought I was going to tap dance my way through it, tell them the little things they wanted to hear. Cause I didn't have a drug addiction. I had substance use, which qualified me for the program, but I thought it was going to be similar to like AA or NA. It was more like, uh, the most surreal cognitive like setting that I've ever been in. Uh, just everything about it. You're, you're on literally on edge the entire 10 months. You don't know who's looking at you, who's going to tell on you. Right. Other inmates like Sean will come over and be like, Oh man, look at, look at Dr. Smith's ass. And I'd be like, Oh, high risk, high risk. I yeah. would just vacate the area. Cause, uh, somebody hears that conversation and sees you part of it. And then they pull you up in the morning meeting and say, so you were in the chow hall the other day and you and this other, you and one of your friends that's not an RDAP, uh, I, I heard you guys were talking about Dr. Smith's ass and boom, that, yeah. that it's, you're done. It's yep. like people are, it's, it was, it, yeah, yeah, I know exactly, bro. I, it was horrible. And you know, the, the pull-ups, they would just come out of like left field and people would say, well, I don't want to pull up my friend. I don't want to do this. I know some other prisons had RDAP where, where is you could literally like kind of micromanage your pull-ups. You'd be like, Hey Matt, I'm going to pull you up tomorrow. You pull me up at Coleman. If you got caught doing that, yeah. it was worse than some of the worst things you could possibly yeah. do. I remember two guys, they were in chow hall and somebody cut the line, got some extra chicken. And I remember the dude in front of me saw it and uh, didn't say anything. So when the hands went up the next day, I raised my hand because I'm like, oh, this is an easy pull up. He's going to get pulled up and pulled chicken. No big deal. Right. So I raised my hand. Somebody else had raised their hand and <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they pulled him up for, for, for the chicken, for stealing the extra chicken. No yeah. big deal. But then they called on me and I'm like, oh, fuck, I still want to hit somebody. So I, I stood up and the guy that was in front of me 
that saw it and didn't raise his hand. I was like, uh, Mr. So-and-so, I, I noticed that you mentioned it to me yesterday that he stole the chicken. I'm just curious, how come you weren't gonna hold him accountable today? Right, right. So I pulled him up for not holding him accountable. Yeah, yeah. And he got in more trouble than the guy stealing the chicken because right. he was also a phase three member. Ridiculous. Yeah, and those are the kind of things that like, the games that you play in art, not, I mean, I call it games, but it really does train you to pick and choose the type of situations you put yourself in uh, coming out of there. Because right. high-risk situations are real in the real world. Yeah, it's, oh my God, bro, it was so bad. It was so bad. <laughs> so I was actually in there when people understand, like there's 100 guys, they stand up, there and they go through the whole different different phases of the morning meeting. And they would pull it like you said, we said we pull each other up. I was in there one time when this guy who was locked up for tax evasion. He got like three years for tax evasion. Like he's a complete. He's he's like I don't know, fifty eight, fifty nine years old, maybe sixty, but late fifties. Uh, it's like a CEO. Like he's completely oblivious to the people that he's surrounded to. By as soon as he got, as soon as he, he self surrendered, he immediately went into RDAP. So he's never even really experienced prison. He never went to county jail. He doesn't really know. So, and he's got tons of money. So he's putting, having money put on other people's books and, you know, that sort of thing. So he stands up and there's a gang member that's like a, a crypt or a blood from, that was in, in a, from Hawaii, who's a massive guy. The guy's like six foot three. His, he, um, he had already been to trial twice in the state for murder in Hawaii and beat both cases. Then the feds picked him up on a charge, uh, on a, a, a drug conspiracy, and that's how he ended up in prison. So he's trying to he's trying to get the year off and get out. But this is a dangerous guy, right? So the CEO stands up, and he's like, "Um, I'd like to pull up Mister So whatever his name was, you know, Mister So and So, you know, Mister Crypt or whatever." He's like, and the guy stands up. He's like, "I saw you standing, or I saw you." He says, "I saw you smoking K two in the bathroom, oh, and this wow. is the second time you smoked K 2 and so the guy actually kind of steps out of the out of the row. So he actually has better access to the guy. Right. Like, you know, he actually typically would just stand up and stand there, right? But yeah. somebody had mentioned a few weeks earlier, like, hey, we really, if you don't have a good view or whatever, you really need to step outside the row. So he does. And the guy's sitting there and he's like, so um, he said, you know, the, you know, here's the, you know, what the issue is and blah, blah, blah. He says all that. And then he says, the damaging consequences are, of your actions are, and the other guy says, the, the crip guy says, he said, I'll give you the uh, damaging consequences. And he runs at him and wow. swings at him. He catches him in the arm, swings at him again. Like this guy dodges, like people are jumping up. People are trying. This guy hits, he hits another guy. Uh, I don't know where he hit him in the neck or the shoulder. I forget where. Like the one guy that he did actually con make make a connection with the the CEO. Yeah. He said, I couldn't move my arm the next day. He said, for like two days, he said, my arm is killing me. This was a big guy. They dragged him away. We all had to go. This guy literally attacked him in the morning meeting. That was like a first. Like Dr. Smith came in a couple days later. He was like, listen, that I'm was I'm assuming first. he was removed. Mr. Crift did not make it through RDAP. make the cut. Well, but, that, that's the thing with Coleman though, with the low is people get complacent, especially in RDAP. You, you start to forget you're in prison. Right. Because pull-ups are accepted and it's expected, but you still got to know your audience and know your surroundings. And uh, Mr. Could, yeah. CEO. Well, how many times have somebody afterwards, like sometimes that won't happen there. Like mostly if this guy really wants to do something, he'd let him pull him up and then he'd go catch him in the bathroom and beat right. his ass, you know, or guys would like, I knew a guy that literally 
This other guy knew he was paying a bookie. He was betting, losing, and paying a bookie, and this guy was going to pull him up. He goes to him the day before he hears he's going to pull him up. You know, everybody knows, like, oh, so-and-so's going to pull up so-and-so, and and then it might get back to you. He actually goes the day before and tells him, I'll beat you to fucking death. I will get a cup, two locks and a sock, and I'll come in here the night after you pull me up, and I'm going to beat you down because— like this guy's wife is leaving him. He's he's like like his best friends banging his wife. He's like they're but they've already they're basically planning their getaway. I have to get out of here. You get me an extra year, I lose my wife, my kids, everything. I have to be out of here. I'll beat you to death. This guy was about to graduate. He was graduating like a week. Right. And as soon as he graduated, he immediately like, he's like a month away from being in a halfway house. I mean, just this. By the way, the, the guy threatened. He was terrified. I mean, just shaking, like, I, I can't do it, I can't do it. Then he was afraid uh, somebody else was going to pull him up for not holding him, the other guy. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was chaos, bro. And just, just terror, like walking around in fear all the time. That's, that's how the whole program is, though. Like, even walking the track, you, if, if you're mentioning, because breaking confidentiality is one of the, is, is one of the huge things in there. Um, and when you're walking the track talking about like, oh, what happened in the morning meeting, you're always afraid, like, what if somebody overhears what we're talking about? You know, it, it's the the constant fear of getting removed and losing that year. Uh, but the pull-ups, that was probably the hardest part. And I remember uh, there was this kid, his, actually his name is Daniel, Spanish guy Daniel. And he was always, he was a problem child in RDAP. He was the one that was always doing pull-ups, but behind the scenes, he was just a fucking actor. He was as fake right. as fake could be. And he came in my cube and he's, Dan, what would you do if, if so-and-so did this or so-and-so pulled you up? I was like, I've got a lightsaber in here. I'll cut anybody's head off. And I was like, I've got, the, I've got Dr. Smith wrapped around my finger. I'm, I'm kidding, right? I'm making jokes. Oh, man. And he's like, well, how come you're not always in her office? How come you're not like teacher's pet? I said, because I don't need anybody to protect me. I'm like, I'm a sole survivor. I was like, I'll cut your head off and protect myself. He pulls me up for that. <laughs> right. He pulls me up for that. And when they, and Mr. Wise, how do you respond? Blah, 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 blah. I was like, first off, came in my cube. We were kidding. And he's talking about how he jokes around, how he pulls everybody up, but he's not really programming. So I, be, I, I said that. And Dr. Smith, again, she was like, but your, your answer was honest, Mr. Wise. I don't see why he pulled you up. I was like, I mean, ask him. And the t- pull up turned around and he got in trouble. And, the, and now once you get put on a spotlight in there, once you get hit for one thing, People, get, people start coming for you. Yeah, I got labeled as a manipulator in there out the gate, which is they weren't wrong. Like I am a manipulator. That's that's my God given gift that I've had to use for goodness instead of you know evil. But I learned in RDAP, don't lie. When you get hit with something, just fucking own it. Yeah, because they see it. There's yeah. been a million people just like me that have gone through the program that thought they had it all figured out, that thought they had all the answers, that thought they could wiggle through it. And they all get caught in the end. They've seen a million Dans and a million Matts come yeah. through that program. So that's that's what I took from the program is just be me. Yeah. And Dr. Smith would immediately categorize you. Like I, I remember I walked into her, her office by the third, second or third time I actually went into her office. She immediately knew my personality. I mean, she knew everything about me. And it was yeah. way more than what was in the PSI. Like they'll read the PSI. But then it was she had a whole other thing. She's like, so what happened? So, so this is how you felt growing up. So this is how, so you had this many uh, siblings. So which one was a superstar? Which one was this? So you were obviously the, the, this one. I mean, she's just categorizing. What just happened? Light went off. Huh? You turned off the lights. I didn't turn on the light. Yeah, you unplugged something. You unplugged it. 
Yeah. So I mean, she she just she she break, she break me down yeah. immediately. Immediately. The other thing I was gonna say, when you were talking about the booklets, the books. The uh, oh yeah, the, yeah, the books. Yeah. So remember, you said they they caught you on that one thing. So yeah. Nee Smith, <laughs> I went through it twice, right? So Nee Smith. One time I had Nee Smith, and I I was so. You know, I could care less if I passed it. I, I was just—I could see Neesmith having a problem with you. Now, here's the thing: the first she did have a problem with me the first day. You know what happened? The first day she was she was saying, "So wh- why? Oh, what was it? Um, why? What did she ask me? Like why? I wish I could open up the book because I I had because you understand I took notes the whole time because I knew I was going to write it. I have all my books still. Oh, oh I have them too. Lights yep. off. What's going on? The outlet's breaking. Uh, breaking, tripping the breaker. It did it at my house. Remember, I had to run the extension cord. So don't. Let's just not play with it. Let's not be near it then. Okay. So, um, so she said. So she said something to me like, um, I, I forget what it was. It was. It was like how. It was like, um, why are you like, why are you, uh, you know, why why do you have a criminal mindset? Um, so fucking motherfucker. All right. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah. Seventeen. Take a child. Take, take 44. Child. Leave it in. Absolutely. Leave it in. He's a child. He's a, he's a teenager. He's like a 13 year old boy. Okay. So, um, so what, what ended up happening was she said something like, like, uh, so why, why are you, know, why do you have criminal thinking or something or criminal thinking errors? And I went, um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure. And she was like, I was like, uh, I don't know, maybe it's because, and I gave her some reason. And then she went, well, Jesus fucking Christ. Are you serious? Are you fucking serious, man? I'm asking you to be quiet. I'm doing a fucking podcast. This is how I make my living. I'm asking you to be quiet. Bro, everybody you, here knows you're supposed to be quiet. That's all you have to do. It was an accident. But, but first off, when I'm doing my podcast, you were cutting me off and doing it how you wanted to do it, the unedited format. You know, I've ever said no, no, no. right here is because you're you're making noise. You're banging things, you're dropping things, you're smashing things, you're unplugging things. I'm doing something, he's on a time limit. Go somewhere and sit down where I can't hear you or get your car leave. That's fine. So can I leave my stuff here and is it going to be safe? Well, I would, you know, typically I would pawn it, but yeah, I'll, I'll keep it for pawn you it? since you, goodbye, leave it. Yeah. I got to pee. Should we take a quick break? I mean, we can take a quick break. Yeah, you let, want me, to... let me pee real quick. Okay, so wherever we were, like I, I think we were at. Um... Yeah, we're so even even graduating RDAP. You know, if if you're not going to go home right after you graduate RDAP, because some guys got weeks or months left before they're going to go to a halfway house. Right, like you said, most guys only get about six months halfway house with the year off. So if you've got three or four months left after you're an RDAP complete, right, you can still get kicked out of the program if you get even if you get moved out of the RDAP unit yeah. and go back to your regular unit and you get a shot for stealing or anything like that, you can still have your RDAP taken away from you. 
um, including the halfway house. You can lose your RDAP in the halfway house, yeah. which almost happened to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was for stealing candy out of the vending machine. Right, which you didn't even do. Which I didn't do. Right. I mean, I technically took it, but I paid for it. Right. But I did spend 27 days in county jail for that when the U.S. Marshals came and got me because I theft of a vending machine. Yeah, that that's that's where basically you. you the, Somebody else had broken the machine, right? You went and you put quarters in and you went to get your food and it wasn't yep. there. So then you put your hand in and got the food. I went to buy, I went to buy my little hot Cheetos. Right. And I put my money in and the little corkscrew. I realized somebody had already caved in the glass. So the corkscrew pinned my Cheetos into the glass, but the glass was pushed in far enough where I could just reach over and take them. Right. So I took them on a Friday, Monday morning. I went to go to work from the halfway house. I'm like, oh, Mr. Wise, you got to wait for your case manager. And about three hours later, U.S. Marshals came put me in handcuffs and I'm like, what the fuck did I do? And right. They gave me the little uh, sheet and it said theft of a vending machine and Miss Miss Moyer, the 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 whatever the the person in charge of the halfway house, Mr. Wise, you know what you did. It took twenty seven days for them to review the fucking footage to see that I put the thirty five cents into the vending machine and right. paid for the chips, which wasn't theft. And I ended up getting all my shit back. But twenty seven days in county jail in Spokane County Horrible. Google Spokane County Jail if you ever got time. I would rather do six months in Coleman than 60 days in Spokane County Jail. Right. That might be bullshit, but right now <laughs> at that's least how I double. Feel. So, um, but back to what we were talking about when uh, with the uh, the books. Remember the books? So oh, yes. With Neesmith. So here, here's the thing. You said you like they caught you for not really participating much in the book or doing a, a shitty yeah, job, real fasting. Right. So. The thing with Neesmith was that I remember the, the very first, the, the reason she, initially she disliked me, we got into an argument where she had asked me something and I, I tried to give her an explanation. I said, I don't know, I'm assuming because of, you know, because just the, my genetic makeup, you know, predetermined me to be a criminal or something. Like she'd asked like, why are you a criminal or what makes you a criminal? I said, I don't know, maybe I'm predetermined. I don't know, maybe something in my childhood. So we went back and forth, back and forth. And she goes, yeah, but why? And I went, I mean, I'm assuming maybe bad parenting, like maybe my father had some issue. It was an issue with my father. She goes, but why, Mr. Cox, why? And I went, I mean, I'm a, maybe this. And she goes, yeah, but why? And I went, you know, I said, here's the thing. I said, I have a pretty firm grasp of the English language. I said, so if I'm not answering the question correctly, it's because it's not being presented to me correctly. <laughs> I said, so if I'm not answering, I said, then you need to, <coughs> do a better job of explaining what it is you're looking for more so than why. And she went and she just kind of looked at me and I, I really was like more um, assertive than that. And, and she went, well, what I'm trying to say is, and so it's like, I stood up to her and after that she loved me. Like the first few classes, she disliked me. You could tell then she liked me. So when I would go to turn in my books, I was turning in gibberish. I mean, it was really bad. And I kept waiting for her. People would come back and go, man, she's telling me I got to redo this. I got to redo that. Uh, I have to erase because, you know, they made you write in pencil. I had to erase everything and do this. And I was actually doodling in my books. I'm drawing cartoon characters of the other people in the, in the program. And at one point, you'll remember this. Remember at one point, there's a, a book that says, like, what would your lo life look like with, if you continue to use drugs? And you have to tell them, oh, it would be horrible. I'd be incarcerated. I'd lose my family. <laughs> you got to draw a picture. You got to do this whole thing. And then one, and it said, what would it look like? Like, where do you see yourself in 10 years after prison without drugs? And my response was, I see myself 
with a massive, massive um, real estate fortune, running, uh, running, rooming, uh, running, a, um, oh, I said uh, uh, eco units. And then I put like in parentheses, like half, like um, halfway houses or not, oh, no, I'm sorry, uh, um, rooming houses. And then I said, I see my, as our family, I said, no family. I said, relationship. I said, I see myself dating an ex stripper. <laughs> I said, with, with some tattoos, probably been in jail. I've probably been in jail. Uh, also, I said, may, I said, has definitely lived in a trailer park uh, in her, within her lifetime. I said, and she is only dating me for my money. And we have an arrangement. I said, that's exa- I said, which is exactly what I'm looking for. Then it was like, where do you, I mean, the whole thing was just horrible. Like everything I said was, it was. You can only go up from there. It was, oh, it was just ridiculous, right? Um, and then it, or one of the things was, it said, com- in the, what's your role in the community? And I remember I put, I put community. I said, I'm a pariah. I intend on staying a pariah. I'm good with being a pariah. I mean, like it was ridiculous, right? Like no, no, no DTS was going to read that and be okay with it. When they called me, I'm waiting for them to call me. When she calls me to walk in, she hands me the book and she says, you're doing amazing work, Mr. Cox. I love your honesty. And I just, just keep up the good work. And I just remember thinking, you're not reading my stuff. You didn't read nothing. It got even worse from there. I mean, it was just, how far can you take it? It was blatant. Like, like, what do you think when someone says this to you? And I said, I mentally picture myself hitting them in the head with a baseball bat stomping on their face until there's nothing left. I mean, I'm saying horrible, ridiculous things in these books. Never, ever does a thing. Never looks at them, never says anything. So, I mean, I I was sailing by because, you know, like someone like you and I, like, let's face it. Most of those guys, they're just trying to get them to say please and thank you. Turn off the water. Write your name. Be a decent human being. That's what they're trying for. But guys in the third, you know, more of your more a more sophisticated criminal in the third phase or is it the fourth phase third phase that's when they come for you yeah that's when they, they those guys are like sail through the first two phases the third one that's where they go all in. gets yanked yeah suddenly complacency set in oh man that, that's the worst and i always when i over i reached that phase is when i dropped out Within weeks of that phase, I always dropped out because I knew I'm never passing this. I'm not passing this. I had already been labeled a con man. Did you actually ever make it through RDM? No. Oh, shit. I only went into the program to keep the management variable on me so I could stay at Coleman so my mom could come see me. <laughs> Your book should be called An RDAP Guide from oh, RDAP Incomplete. It's hilarious. It is hilarious. Two, twice. 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 Two times dropped out Bro, RDAP. I spent over a year. Over a year. But you have to understand, like, I'm literally, you're supposed to go to like. you get the time off? Of course you could. No. No, you could, though. I could have, but I didn't have time to do it. Uh, Like, I literally, if I'd gone in the first time when I went, I wanted like a year half. I was thinking, I want a halfway house. house, Right. The way it panned out, I could only get like three months or four Uh, months. And I was thinking, I'd rather get the year halfway house. Like, I'm going to get a year. But I didn't, but I thought I was going to. Well, it does increase your chances. Right. Well, I mean, not the RDAP. It wasn't the RDAP that the year. It was halfway house. Right. Right. You you, you have to explain how the, how I'd have to explain how it all fell where I did, I would go, if I'd done it, I'd gotten it three, three months. And I thought, I can't reset my life in three months. Right. I can't save enough money in the halfway house for three months. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take it. I'm going to drop out. Then I'm going to take it again. I'm going to drop out. So I can explain the logistics uh, later. But so what ends up, ends up happening is, oh, my God, bro. It's, it was it was it just it was hilarious because because I'm not doing like you're supposed to go to like AA, right? Like I never went to an AA meeting. Like I, all these things that you're, I don't even go. I would go and I'd sign my name. Like the community meetings and the, yeah. You know how you had to have the, the you had to take certain amount of, uh, of work groups. Right. I just signed my name to them. 
Like I just signed the signatures of the other. Like I, Shit, I, would, I was facilitating half of them. I was, I would go to like, I would go to like one meeting or two meetings. I never go again. And I just sign everybody's, I'd sign like he's boom, 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 boom. Look here, I, here, I turn them in. I was such a good little art dapper. Cause it was like, I, well, like, what do I care if they find out? Mr. Cox, you didn't this, you didn't that. You didn't, I'd be like, ah, oh, kick me out. Like, what do I care? But like, because of our dap, I got a bottom bunk though. I'm not going to lie. I never would have got uh, yeah. a bottom bunk. I wouldn't have had enough time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they got other guys in the units. They just, <laughs> I was still shitting McDonald's when I came home. Oh you know, my, Yeah. Like, you had so little time, yeah. you know, it's but it didn't feel too, like it, it at like the time. It. No, I know. I know. It felt, I mean, when I first got there and I'm like, oh my God, 42 months. Cause I didn't know I was going to get our dap. Right. I'm just like, fuck this, like. This is my world for the next 42 months. It was such a daunting feeling until I started to meet guys. There was a guy there. Remember um, Phil? He used to teach yoga. Old old guy, old man Phil. Yeah. He would teach yoga. He had already done like 27 years. Yeah. And uh, he, he lives out here in Tampa, I think, somewhere. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the only creepy story I had in RDAP was they bunked me up with a, they gave, you know, you have big brothers, little brothers in RDAP. Yeah. They gave me a little brother, this guy, Mr. Hammond. I didn't know what he was in there for. I assumed he was a sex offender, but I thought sex offenders couldn't do RDAP, but I yeah. guess- They can do it, they just can't get the time. Well, if it's a hands-on offense, they can't even take it. If it's oh, a okay. picture crime or whatever, they can they can take it. So one night, my bunkie, Mr. Hammond, wakes me up at like two in the morning, because he's my little brother. He's like, I need to tell you something. Okay. And he says it in his creepiest voice. And I sit up, I'm like, I, I remember, I, I, I went like that to his knee. I'm like, hey, what, what's going on, tell me. And he goes, have you ever seen Dexter? <laughs> and I'm like, the show or the cartoon? He was the serial killer. Right. And he says it in this like really weird voice. And I was like, yeah, it's one of my favorite shows. He goes, uh, I'm kind of like Dexter. And he's, he's this big ortho, unorthodoxy looking like bear guy. And I was like, okay. He goes, I mean, I don't, I don't hurt people, but I, I like to cut myself. I was like, I mean, I'm, I don't really know what to say about this. I'm not equipped for this. He literally goes to pull out his business and show me all of the scars and cuts he's done oh, to wow. his his manhood yeah. and how he would sew himself up over and oh. over and over again Ooh. and how he's getting the urge. So I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, oh my God, this guy's gonna like look at me. I have, to get, yeah, I have so to get away with, the, get away from this guy. The next morning I went, in, I went into the uh, Dr. Smith's office. I'm like, look, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not trying to tell on this guy, but I, I, I think he's a sex offender for one, which is whatever. But he told me this weird fucking story and I, I just can't, I'm not comfortable. Right. So they, they moved me and moved him around and they removed him from my little brother. But uh, dude, there's some weird fucking people that go into the prison system. Oh yeah. Weird. But artistic people too, like you. I've met some of the most artistic people in the world. That At least your talent's not being wasted. I've seen such wastes of talent in prison. You painted all these, by the way, didn't you? Yeah, they're they're yeah. There's they're what's called modified screen prints. So it's like partially a painting, partially a screen print. But every one of them is different. Like I might have like I've probably done twenty or so Trumps. I got to tell you, I thought all, all your paintings all were complete bullshit. I didn't think you did them until you started posting stuff on the like, time lapse. The time lapse on Facebook where you would actually show yourself doing. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah, the I, I don't know Instagram what you charge account. for these, but I wouldn't. I would charge a lot because I imagine even if you're redoing one over and over again, it's not like it's done in ten minutes. These things take no, probably no. hours. No, they do. They take definitely, definitely. And they, these go for like two. These go for like two ninety five a piece, and that, and I'll ship them to you for that. For that. And then the other ones that I, the bigger paintings I do are around a thousand a piece. 
So Matt, where can people get these paintings? Stop. Anyway, <laughs> they emailed me. Um, yeah, I was going to say um, when we were talking was, uh, uh, so just to kind of wrap this up, because I could talk about art app forever. Like, yeah. honestly, though, like, I mean, we're mocking the program and joking about it, though. Uh, it changed but, my life. Right. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, to me, even mocking the pro, even when I was in the program, the stuff that I was learning about myself and who I was and how I behaved and the reasons I behaved that way and the, the, the think criminal thinking errors, right? All of those things were like, they were so oh my crystal God, clear. Yeah. It was so crystal yep. clear. RSAs. All of them. And it's like, you know, you, I would mock them and joke with them and I, I would really, really like just, you know, just be like, this is ridiculous. But the truth is, it was really also like, this is amazing. Like this is, this is actually helpful. There's a lot. Miss Nisma said to me when I was talking about all the bullshit in the program, she's like, Mr. Wise, here's something somebody told me once, chew up the meat and spit out the bones. She's like, there's a lot of stuff in this program that is complete. Yeah. Crap. For, right. for, for antics. But there are things in here that will change. If, but you know what, you know what hit me? Shelly said it to me on the phone after she got up before me. And she knew what a, like a con artist manipulator I was. Right. And she saw all the, the mental change in the emails and the phone conversations and the letters. And I remember she said it and Miss Neesmith happened to listen to one of these calls. Shelly said, whatever Kool-Aid they're making for you in there, I hope, they, I hope you take the recipe home with you. Nice. <clears throat> and I was like, oh my, I was like, fuck. Yeah. It really like, I, I have adapted to this new, uh, this new train of thought of thinking about consequences and how's this gonna affect my life if I do this. Right, right. It's funny, right? Like it's emotional, it's right? It is. It if, is. If if I like, you see that tear? Yeah, I can. No, I can see you tearing up. Yeah, no, I do. I oh, get listen, if, talking about if, it. if I talk about if I, there are th certain things, Doctor Smith would call me into her office and sit me down, and I shit you not, within three minutes of every time, and she called me in there twice a week because she was just took an interest in me, and I'm telling you, within it was so bad, within about a month. Oh, Jesus, bro. I'm telling you, he did this to the microphone. Yeah, it's fine. Explain everything on him at this point. <laughs> um, is it still good? Yeah. Okay. So I'm telling you, within about a month or so of her calling me into her office, I cried so much in that office when she called my name, Mr. Cox, to the doctor's office. I love how she referred to herself in the third person. She goes, Mr. Cox, to uh, to Doctor Smith's office, like. Yeah. You're Doctor Smith. Like, what are you doing? She said to the doctor's office, and as I was walking towards the office like Pavlo's dog right I literally would start to well up in tears <laughs> knowing when I'm in there Something, she's gonna yeah. make she's gonna it start was so comfortable in there oh yeah she's comfortable I she had a like, fucking bonsai tree bro I, what, it doesn't matter I felt like the room was shrinking in on me and and literally I would she would immediately my dad my son my mother my ex-wife my like it's like it's like how do you know that there's only maybe five things you can talk to me about where I'll tear up immediately this chick had a list and she just, she just kept Rambling. going through them and going through them and go. And then she would make me write stuff there. And then she'd say, you got to go back to your cell and write. And I go, I can't, I can't do it. Dr. Smith, I can't, I can't. And she'd go, you're going to do it. Or you know what, Mr. Cox, you'll come in here and you'll do it. No, no, I'll do it in my room. I'll do it. Like I was desperate. Every time I walked in there, I want to get out. All I could think about was what do I need to say to her to let me get, to let me leave this room. I mean, I've never been like that. Like I'm not a person that is adverse to, to, uh, you know, to conflict or, or to, um, to, uh, uh, you know, to, I, like, I'm okay with arguing. I'm good at arguing, but that chick, she was so smart and so just 
She felt genuine when she did it. It didn't she feel did, like, but it was manipulative. You know, it was. Eh, she's You're, a doctor. She's a psych, uh, psychologist. I mean, it's. I, I don't even think she. I don't think she can help but do it. But I do feel like she had genuine intent. You you, you do understand that the person I feel horrible for every time I would leave that office was her husband. Like this is a man who's never won an argument. You couldn't win an argument with her. She could twist anything you said. Anything I said, she would. You think her name is really Doctor Smith? I don't. <sighs> no, you don't. No. Come on, look at. I think it's probably Doctor Smith. I've, tri- I've tried to find her. Really? Oh, uh, okay. not her. Speci- I mean, yes, yeah, yeah, her. Yeah. But I've looked up all the DTSs. I can't find any of them. Are you serious? I couldn't find Nee Smith. I don't think any of them use their real last names. Nee, no, no, Nee Smith is really. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, went to uh, I, I've I, I've like a, a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who went to her her Facebook or Instagram the whole thing. It sounds like a famous prison story. I know a guy who knew a no, guy no, who got thirty five. They dropped a sentence to only thirty five percent. Right. I know. I actually know. I actually inmate.com. I actually saw it. Saw I believe. It. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know a guy who's a sovereign citizen who actually walked out of prison. How many times you've heard that? The, the sovereign citizens yeah, guys? The, the, the ghost man or yeah, yeah. shell of a man or yeah. whatever the fuck it's called. Um, okay. So, so we can do the, uh, the other one. Let's, let's sure. wrap this up. Yeah. Okay. You want to wrap it up? Wrap it up. Cause bro, I'll talk for an hour about this. I, I lo- like, I could talk for an hour just about Dr. Smith. Like I thought she looked, she was a chick that when I saw her, she was a six. But when we she started talking, she jumped to like oh, an yeah. eight and a half. Like she was so she was. And then on Fridays when she wears the tight jeans. Oh my god! Yeah, she yeah. hits almost a ten. Yeah, yeah. In she was. Yeah. Well, she's. Yeah, she's in prison. She's an eleven. But yeah, you yeah. can't even look at her. You yeah. feel like you're gonna get a shot. Right. Like I mean, reckless super, eyeballing. I was super in, in, intimidated by her. Ugh. You know, so like you don't meet a lot of chicks that are just that smart and clever and and sexy and See, other, it's ridiculous. Other guys had pictures of like Jennifer Aniston and stuff in the locker. I just had mental, mental, <laughs> Dr. mental Smith. images of Doctor Neesmith. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, let's wrap it. Let's wrap it up. Uh, all right, all right. So this was are we do, we're doing this with. All right. All right. So this was a, a interview. If you if you like the interview, do me a favor and hit the subscribe button, hit the bell, so that you get notified. Share the video, go to the comments and leave a comment. And I respond to probably like 80 or 90% of the comments, you know. How come there's no mention of like, go check out RDAP Dan's channel? How come it's like, I've, oh, got, because I've got no plugs this entire time? Well, you sort of did, but that's probably not going to work out. So the other thing is RDAP Dan, it, it, RDAP, RDAP Dan's channel. It, what is it? RDAP Dan. It's RDAP Dan? RDAP Dan. Man, How fucking all in, easy bro. is that? Yeah. Go to RDAP Dan. And what we're going to do also is uh, we'll put the, if Colby will remember, we'll put the link to his YouTube channel in the description. And um, I think, is that good enough or what? No. That, that will work for this one. Do you, don't have, any, do you have any books or, or paintings you want to? I, I what finger, have you been doing? Paintings. What have you been doing with your life? Like, exactly. All right. Okay. So that's it. And that's I appreciate awesome. it. And see ya.